Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero. And I am I'm burnt out, man. I, it's yeah. like now we're just kind of like at that point of the pan where Everybody is just trying to get back to work, but it's kind of impossible. For me, first of all, I don't say pan because no one does. <laughs> but also, it's not about the pandemic for me or the quarantine. It's I don't a, like the core. I, it's how about hard just to say, say the full words? All right. No, I like the pan. It's cute. It's you. I, you. But that's not why I'm burnt out, Natasha. Why are you burnt out? Oh, you've been very busy. No, it's because today... When we're recording this, I don't know when it'll come out, but today is, um, it's the Tuesday after the burn. <laughs> you and went I'm, to virtual burn, And I'm man. always burnt. I'm always really <laughs> wrecked and tired like that whole, the whole week after the burn. You are. So you're just feeling it anyway, even though you did the Zoom thing, which was really sad. It was the same. Honestly, virtual burning man, real burning man. I couldn't tell the difference. I came down here and Moshe had the TV on. He was with his brother who was outside and they were watching um, some fire dancers. A live stream. <laughs> in like little boxes. <laughs> like it was like everyone who was doing it had a little Zoom. Were they doing it at home? They're fire dancing? Yeah, I guess so. Wherever they were live streaming from and then they live streamed. That a, sounds so dangerous. Uh, oh, I guess so. I hadn't thought about it. I'm. It was depressing. I'll tell you what. The Not being able to go to Burning Man... This year was a punctuated highlight on even though like it would have been different if I decided to take the year off because I might have done that anyway, you know, maybe not, but I might have. But it. the fact that it was not an option 
and it's this like ultimate bacchanalian like freedom fest for me it punctuated how shackled i feel by our contemporary circumstances i was very melancholy all weekend and it was kind of sad too it's pathetic because they had all these like virtual burning man like vr things and i kept like escaping to the basement and i'll be like i'll be back and like log thinking about logging on or logging on for 10 minutes and then like walking my avatar through a virtual burning man like playa and you, just, you came back upstairs really kind of like like a little shell shocked with yeah. like <laughs> it was like simultaneously like you had just eaten diarrhea or something <laughs> but you know what the good news is most not going to burning man gave you time to watch karate karate kids one through three well that's not a fair characterization natasha that's every not time true. i go upstairs now you're watching karate kid i watched one of them you're not Ralph being macchio in different yeah. stages of his <laughs> career you're not being fair because okay. that's not what happened i watched all of cobra kai and then when I got to the end of Cobra Kai, you needed to do a little research. I, I wanted to go back a bit and get into the you know uh, the world building and the mythology of of how we got to Cobra Kai. Go back to a nostalgia. Uh, I, I guess there's been a lot of nostalgia, but I I did in one weekend. I watched Karate Kid one, two, and three. Reviews, you ask? Karate Kid, a very good film, holds up really well. Is there any woman out there who have, has ever rewatched that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Karate Kid appealed to women as well as men because Ralph Macchio was a heartthrob. He was okay. Did were you into him? No. You know that's funny. There's a dancing scene in Karate Kid he too. Kind of dumb. Well, that was his persona. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying the guy's smart. I'm just saying part of his actor or like character. Like you know how you play like a drunken slut. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the funny part was Ralph Macchio. There's a scene in Karate Kid 2. They're in Okinawa. And the woman, his love interest, his Okinawan love interest is like, let's go to a dance club. And they get dressed up in like a sock hop, out, like 50s outfit. And they go dance. I'm like, why is this a part of this movie? And then Ralph Macchio starts dancing. And he's like really good at dancing. <laughs> like in like a sock hop swing dance way. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I see. At this point in his career, Ralph Macchio had recorded Karate Kid 1. It was a huge hit. He had a little bit of like a Karate Kid dick to swing around. And he's like, uh-uh. In 2, we swing dance. Because the Mach, the Mach loves a foxtrot. And so, so he got his way. Well, I'm glad you had time to do all that. I feel like I don't take time to myself to do things like that. No, <clears throat> no, that's true. Like you I'm just trying to make sure that there's not like food and like shit on the surfaces of uh -huh. our house <laughs> like i feel like that takes up so much time yeah there is a lot because everyone's in the house all the time right you know there's like dogs and kids and there's kids yeah wait what you have another kid <laughs> well you know i'm just saying plural people <laughs> have kids yeah 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 sometimes what's, i have two kids what's what do you mean? We potted with the family, so sometimes I'm oh, there's in charge child of two around. kids. How do you fare when there's two children around? Not good. No? No, I immediately put the TV on. Uh-huh. And then I like give them like a popsicle. That doesn't sound that bad. Well, it's not. It's certainly not what I would pay someone to do. <laughs> well, you're not a baby. I guess you are. I guess a you babysitter. are a babysitter. I guess if someone's doing it for free, that's probably what they do. What, uh, what's been going on with you? Um, You know... 
I'm just, I'm afraid to say anything because you always say that I seem like I'm depressed on the podcast. No, let's hear it. What do you got? No, nothing really. I was just thinking today about people in the 60s though and like how they were kind of lucky because even though the world, like so many bad things were happening in the world, they were able to like feel good together because they didn't have like a constant reminder of how bad everything was at their hand. What do you mean? Like with the internet. Like every five seconds, we oh. have a refresh of something terrible like, you know, police killing people and climate change and COVID. And like, it's just like so readily available. Oh, you're saying that the the hippie, you're talking about the hippie movement in the 60s, yes. right? The hippie movement was able to not get sucked into a constant... Negative loop. Negative loop because they didn't have the internet, so they could simultaneously be against the Vietnam War, but also go to the woods and hacky sack or whatever. Yeah. Right. And now I feel like... White people in the 60s, I guess. (laughs) Right. Maybe. Right? I mean, yeah. Maybe that's that's it. That would have been nice, though, to be a a white 60s person. That seems like a good time. But you're taking away from what what I'm saying a little bit by, I think that... We're all getting sick from 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 the updates. No, for sure, for sure. I just don't think of the sixties as a classically good time for. No, but I think that more was able to grow and ferment because your energy wasn't sucked by this like device. Yeah, I do. Hear so that. you're able to create a movement like the civil rights movement mm. or whatever it is. But wait, I okay, but. Aren't, isn't there a modern day civil rights movement happening right now? This seems like the most active the civil rights movement has been uh, since the 60s, even with the internet. And they're using the internet to organize. So did it feel, okay, well, I, I feel, yeah, I, I, I just feel very scared from the news. Yeah, I hear that. You know, I feel like the wrong people are getting power and the wrong people are getting weapons and... I'm just scared now, and you know what I mean. I, all the time. You're scared all the time. <laughs> well, good thing we're ahead. Of, you know what you sh- you know what sounds like what you need. You know what you need. Are you not? I mean, I am, and I'm not. I punctuate my fear with uh, moments of escape. Let do me just you, say, we're do month you know what six. you need? Do you know what you need? What? It sounds like you need a virtual burn. <laughs> maybe a little bit of an escape. Get out. Get out on that digital playa. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, I told you you wouldn't want to hear it. No, I didn't want not want to hear it. I want to engage in these ideas with you. Um, well, let's take a call. You want to take a call? Let's do it. Maybe someone else will agree with me. That the 60s were a no. time of great peace and happiness <laughs> no. in this world? <laughs> no, just that I feel like paralyzed by technology right now. I do. I no and one. If you you can act like you don't know what I'm talking. No, about. I do know what you're talking. No one doesn't feel that way. Every yeah, everybody feels like shackled I know, by... but I'm just saying it's a new thing. Right. It's a new thing, and now we're entering a new world post COVID, and like everyone's and like schools are on the device, and everything's virtual, and like every virtual Burning Man. Like I don't know, I just think like we're going really far in like a new direction that isn't. I, I don't like. I was thinking about what you're talking about the other day, um, like you know, because we're the generation that started without the internet and then got it right. So the generation before us. The, they don't they're not really with the internet as much as they they don't get it and the generation after us it's like infused in their in their being right mm-hmm. but you know like you know 
there used to be these like kind of hacky jokes about cyberbullying. I don't know if you ever saw a comedian do a joke like this. It was like I heard a lot stuff like you know I heard a lot about cyberbullying. Well, I, I got a suggestion if you're being cyberbullied, turn off the fucking computer. You ever heard anything like yeah. that? Yeah. And I always would say I was at that time when I was starting comedy would see a joke like that because a lot of people had that kind of joke. I would be like, this guy is so old he doesn't understand that like the internet and the world are mm-hmm. kind of becoming fused that that, that that online life and regular life are not are not a separate thing anymore well now in the pandemic i'm like oh they've now they've actually become the same like there is no offline school is online burning man is offline business is online like but online the, is also the internet is like sucking mainlining up. you with like terror totally it's all, it's all those. It's the whole of life. Although, I'll, I'll tell you this. I had another thought the other day. This guy retweeted something about, um, you know, how we've lost a year of our life. You know? Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't believe we've lost a full year of our life. And I took real umbrage with that idea because I was like, I just think that's the wrong way to look at this. Like, we didn't lose a year of our life. This is what life is. Life is filled with these these terrors and these difficulties and mayhem and positive and negative it that's what life is like you know what i mean and then every time you look at your phone and you see an article that climate change is real and is happening now as we're living that doesn't stress you out it stresses me out a lot but you're just like it stresses me out a lot but tossing your fire rings in the living room (laughs) while your brother props up the camera no i know you weren't doing it If, if i came down here and you were fire dancing i would be really mad let me tell you something if i I bet that those fire dancers are using that fire dancing time to find an escape from the uh, from the endless cycle of terror that is the news and is our contemporary political moment. I'll tell you, that's what surfing is for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't think about when I'm surfing is the the COVID nineteen virus. Or I used to have stand up for that too, and I'd be on stage. I wouldn't think about that. I don't have that. I got podcasting when I'm podcasting. I'm in a state of utter bliss because I get to broadcast to the fans I love and record with the woman I love and the dogs I love and the producer I love. Well, I guess it's now's as fine a time as any to tell you, I love you, producer lady <laughs> who doesn't want her name. Have you ever had your name dropped on here? It's Laura, you guys, and I love her. <laughs> All right. Now do you want to take a call? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're going to call Sicila. Sicila? Sicila. Sicila in Chicago. Sicila. Sicila. Hello? Sicila? 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 <laughs> Who said it right? It's so close. Um, it's Sicila. Sicila. That's, that's what I was saying. That's what I said. What did I say? Uh, what's up? Wait, what did I say? You said Sicila. Sicila. Uh... Ricola is what I'm thinking right now. Um, do you have do do you have a nickname? Do people call you sissy? Uh, no, they don't. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> you want them no. to call you sissy? No, that, you know I, I actually don't want them to. But uh, you know they could. But nah, no, no. What no what is Sicila? What kind of name is it? Um, so it's uh, Scandinavian, but I'm I'm just not at all that. Um, they were gonna name me Zissel, <laughs> but you know thought better of it. Zissel. Um, <laughs> Think you won yeah. the lottery, Sicila. <laughs> yeah. You could have been a Zissel. 
I don't you hate that? Don't you hate when like when parents are like, you know, we're gonna go exotic and we're not gonna stick in our own culture. We're no, gonna, we're gonna no. go. To, we're gonna just pluck one at random. What yeah. are you? What is your ethnic background? I'm just total Jew. Jew named Sisala. Wait, Sisala. Yeah. Sisala. It does sound Yiddish. Sisala. Oh, so your name is actually Sis. And the Allah uh-huh. is just a a a, 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 a diminutive. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Speaking of all the Jewishness, apparently, I'm just throwing this in here. Um, Moshe, you had Shabbat dinner with my brother last year, with your brother, I guess. Whoa, whoa. This is a little <laughs> close for comfort there, Sisla. <laughs> uh, it's possible. I've had a lot of Shabbat dinners. It was with my brother and your brother? Yeah, his name's Dov, also someone named Jess. Well, Dove, um, I, yeah. Dove mm-hmm. is a Jewish name, so it sounds like... Yeah. It, is he your older brother? He is, he is. Yeah, so it sounds like your parents really tapped out on the Judaism thing after Dove came around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like maybe it was a big dinner and Moshe didn't, doesn't remember him. <laughs> I'm sure. He said, he, my brother said he probably won't remember, which is fine. Um, I love yeah, it. I, just I love Dove. Yeah. Tell him, send my regards. Okay, Sisla, okay. What, what's going on with you? Why'd you call? Okay, all right, so... So it starts three months ago. Um, I meet this guy on Tinder. Um, I'm going to call him Nico. Uh, he just moved out of, of um, his apartment. Because Wait a minute. Hold, can I stop um, you for a sec? You're going to call him Miko? Yeah. I just, I gotta, it, this is hard, it's a little bit convoluted. No, I don't need I, you I'm, to get, give an accurate name, but I'm like, you had all day to think, you had all day to think of a, of a, of a nom, nom de, de guerre for this guy, and you came up with Miko? Well, it's like basically his name. It's just one letter switched around. So oh, okay, why. cool. I wonder what his name is. I can't think of a name that sounds like Miko, but is a name. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Well, let her do her thing. Okay. She's got a reason. So you're with Pico. Yeah, um, he, he just got out of a relationship, um, and he's totally heartbroken, of course. T- totally, just absolutely did not want to break up. We moved into his new apartment uh, with two of his friends. We're going to, like, okay, Chris and Pete. Um, also, there's an upstairs neighbor who is a total Hasid uh, Zionist who we'll call Shmuel. Um, and uh, I just, I immediately have a crush on all of the roommates. Shmuel is a little young. Um, but uh, so, so Wait, we all ho- just start hanging out. And- Hold on. So you went Sorry. to, you, you, so you found this person on Tinder. You went to yeah. his house. You got Miko, yeah. Miko, Chris, and Pete, and uh-huh. and, Shmuel. and Shmuel's upstairs. Okay, got it. And you yeah. wanna and you wanna fuck Miko, Chris, and Pete, but not Shmuel. Well, we all hang out on the stoop together. Okay. This just becomes our summer of just like um, smoking, drinking, doing drugs, <laughs> um, making out, dancing in our underwear slash topless. Are you guys lot. like quarantined uh, together? Is that the idea? No, it's really bad. What? It's very, you're, it's very bad. Wait, yeah. hold on, mm-hmm. just to clarify the picture here. You're the only woman? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you're the only woman, and you're all topless, <laughs> yeah, but, and yeah, you're kind yeah. of making out with everybody. Is that right? Yeah. Got yeah, it, yeah. got it. Well, did you yeah, ever, yeah. at any point, did you go like, why aren't there any other women here? Or um, You know, I once brought my friend, and she was there too. That happened at one point. Um, Let me yeah, guess. So... She didn't like the vibe? <laughs> oh, no. She, she out with, we all made out. Yeah, no, it was... It's just total debauchery. This whole summer, wait, I, insane. I have a question. Have you had sex with any of these guys? Oh, we're getting there. Nico, yeah, Nico's like the like sort of um, you know the main one because I, that's who I met. He's sort of the, mm. he's the main guy. Unfortunately, you know, he's completely in love with his 
eggs. Right. Um, and so it doesn't actually, he, he's unavailable. Um, Got it. So he doesn't, I find out that he doesn't actually like me uh, soliciting his roommates um, often and making out with them often. Um, he kind of wants to put a stop to that. His roommates don't agree. I don't agree. Um, but it, so we kind of have to um, stop, uh, which is sad. Uh, I kind of, well, that's as far as he knows about it. I still make out with his roommates, but he just doesn't know now. Um, so right now we're on a bit of a hiatus, me and Nico, uh, because, you know, obviously this whole thing is very confusing and slightly tense. But my question is, how can I keep everyone on the stoop together and happy? You know, making out casually, everyone's just topless, you know. Just want to keep it up. Well, <laughs> Cicela, is this a is this a real question? I'm serious. I really is. This is yes. I'm, I know. Okay. Okay. So you want to keep it up? Like, what's all right? Let me ask you this. What's your dream scenario? Good question. Okay. Um, I just want to. And why is Shmuel involved? <laughs> well, Shmuel is he's just on the stoop. Um, he's a bit too young. I'm teaching him how to drive right now. Um, how old want, is Shmuel? You know, He's 23. He's quite young. Okay, um, got it. Uh, How old is yeah, everybody else? Everyone else is in their 30s. Everybody's kind of has a big fat crush on each other also. It's just, it's wow. very... Except for Miko yeah, with you. No, Miko, well, that's the problem. He's like sort of like very much... He said he like he, he doesn't remember this, but the first time we had sex, he just said, I love you a lot of times. So um, <laughs> he's a little... <laughs> okay, sorry. I got, so can I ask, I got can off she track. answer my question? Yeah, I got off track. Natasha's What's question your dream good. scenario of the stoop? Okay, Stupid. the stoop dream scenario is that Nico is just somehow happy with me continuing to have a mildly sexual relationship with almost everyone in his apartment building. Um, while he is happy to go on and actively try to get back with his ex, which he's doing, they see each other very often. Everybody keeps it sort of casual, but everybody's kind of fucking. Uh, that, that sounds great. For how long would you like that to go on? <laughs> Indefinitely. Forever. I uh, know. Uh, yeah, just, it would be fun if that could just be a, a thing as a friend, a friend apartment where I make out with everyone. Yeah. Okay, I got. I think I know what you need to do. Yeah. Do you, do you have any ideas? I mean, I I want to get a little deeper, but why don't you say what? Well, you need to go to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that's the obvious choice at this point. You need to go to rehab, drug rehab. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, yeah. barring what that, what kind of drugs do you guys do? What's oh, the worst thing? And and they uh. The, uh, Chris, the, the one cocaine. of the roommates, and Shmuel, uh, Shmuel grows mushrooms. You know what's funny that. about cocaine? I was just talking about this the just other day. Just cocaine and Shmuel grows mushrooms. <laughs> That's Shmuel, yeah. the, young, the young Zionist, grows mushrooms yeah. with an Israeli yeah. flag on top of them. You know, yeah. I was just talking about cocaine the other day. As a person that is sober, cocaine is frustrating because it's a drug that, for me, because I don't do it and never have, it's a drug that it always takes me a little bit of time with a person to figure out, like, what's up with this mm. person? Oh, mm-hmm. and then, like, a month in, I'm like, oh, they're on Coke. Oh, my God. And then I just, and then I just realized, like, what's... Oh, go what, ahead. Did you... I think we just realized it at the same time. That she's on cocaine. Yes. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is what exactly... <laughs> are you, how much cocaine are you on? I'm on zero cocaine. I did drink a lot of coffee because I was very nervous and somehow I thought drinking coffee would help that. That's stupid. Um, no, I, I don't I, I, I don't really drink or do drugs by myself because I so what's why would that be fun? Um, right. So, yeah, that's, that's why I kind of go nuts at this stoop. Wait, but um, this, so you're saying this, like, this is your regular personality? 
Oh, yeah. What do you like on Coke? <laughs> I don't need Coke at all. It's really bad. I should not do it. It's, right. It's bad, yeah. Do you I'm just like rocking back and forth and like just clenching my jaw. Yeah. It's oh, not so good. you talk less when you're on Coke. Okay, interesting. <laughs> okay, so so you want what does this do for you? Yeah, let's get deeper. What is this what is all, making out with all these people and having all this party mm-hmm. time? What is it what it, mm-hmm. does it do for you? Um, no, I I sort of this quarantine thing, I I was is not new to me. I've kind of always been in quarantine. Well, for the past like seven years, I guess I, I just would like not go outside for months at a time. And I, I still do that um, here alone in Chicago. And so basically these dudes are like, Hey, come hang on the stoop. And after, I haven't been outside in like four days. And then suddenly like there's all these guys and they, they're like, we're just smoking and hanging. And like, I go watch them play tennis and find, I have like a social life, like people to hang out with and like, you I know, they let like want to fuck me, which is always a, a treat. Um, you know, Wait, when which, people want to fuck you. Oh, um, when people want to fuck yeah. you. Is it a? Tr- it must be a treat for you to fuck them too. They must be feeling treated. <laughs> why? Why did you self quarantine for seven years? Um, not okay. That's it's basically. I, I well, know. I, I know what you mean, oh, but like, why are you 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 just isolate? You don't like people, kind of. Oh no! It's just just roiling mental illness, of course. God. Uh, very bad, yeah. I, I see. see. You have you struggle with like de- isolation, depression, kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. got, it, got I, it. I understand, and also I, I feel like the friends that I've had like that, you do like it's okay to stay in for like five days at a time or whatever. Got it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like mm-hmm. I I've got okay. Got it. I mean, mm-hmm. your question is how do we how do you keep this thing going and not have it become mm-hmm. volatile and blow up? So I guess we yeah. should answer that in good faith although i will say that if you have roiling mental illness as you described it i would probably not recommend an extended period of ping-ponging between three roommates and doing cocaine and drugs all night because those can kind of exacerbate the royal right i mean that's not i wouldn't say that's the greatest practice you could do no no. Right, but it it does seem like you definitely need release. So if uh-huh. that's what's doing it for you right now, and I guess it's you know safe enough, and you feel like you're in control of it, um, but I just think it's it's nothing to to think that is going to be a long term thing. Yeah, I now have I now have a a, a handle on my. It can't suggestion. be right. I no, mean, I mean that's exactly what Natasha's saying. These are the kinds of things that you should appreciate that they came into your life and not try to make permanent because they're exciting while mm-hmm. they last, but they will eventually become unhealthy. I mean, I can't say that it ever it is healthy to do like a three month run of coke and <laughs> and stripping, but like, uh-huh. but like, but it felt magic. On the stoops of Chicago. On the stoops of Chicago. As the winter comes in, she's like shivering, shirtless. Like, let's keep this party going, guys. Right. The seasons are gonna are gonna help you out anyway. It's gonna end in the winter. I mean, oh, you, yeah, but this feels kind of like this. It's a summer of stooping. Yeah. It's COVID. It's a cool memory. Yeah. You yeah know? This summer felt yeah. a little magical to you. Is that what you're feeling? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't try to hold on to to magic like that. Let it live its natural cycle. Let it die, yeah. and and then you'll go back to, uh, you know, figuring out what's best for you. But you can't you can't make something that's this wild last mm-hmm. forever because it's not meant to last forever. Miko Nico is gonna go find love again. You'll maybe mm-hmm. end up with Chris or, or Paul or Shmuel or someone else. <laughs> These things will run their natural course. Like, I'll tell you what's a bad look. Speaking of Burning Man, you weren't here for this. What's a bad look? What I have noticed, because I've been going to Burning Man now for 20 years. 
And I know a lot of people who have become lifers in the Burning Man world. And they all they plan all year long to do Burning Man. They they sometimes they'll work for Burning Man. They'll be out there for for four months, and then they'll and then they'll go trim weed for four months, and then their lives become this cycle of I go to Burning Man for four months, I come home, I work a a, a transient job for a, a month until I can get up to trim weed, and then I'll do that for four months, and I'll come home and I'll work, and that's like super. I've watched people go through the cycle. That cycle is super fun and exciting. For those people through their 20s, their early 30s, and then they start hitting their late 30s and it starts to become debilitating and they start to, the, 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 the lifestyle starts to catch up with them and then all of a sudden they get into their 40s and they look at themselves and they say, oh, I need to like stop doing this. But then they have to look back in the rearview mirror of their lives and say, oh, the last decade has just been me doing one party after another and now mm-hmm. i want to clean now i want to like clean it up and and move forward but i've like kind of set fire to the move forward years of my life so mm-hmm. i i think trying to cling on to the party partying is good clinging on to a party that has a natural life cycle i think that's destructive yeah yeah what do you think tosh i think moshe said it in a great clear way and uh I think she's she's going to listen to you, and the winter's going to come. Winter is coming. Winter is, is. coming. And, I, yeah, yeah. All right. It was a pipe dream. Okay. Win- winter is coming, and Chris, Miko, and C- Paul will stop coming. But in the meantime, <laughs> you know, it's not really fair. Maybe Miko is catching feelings for you, because if he doesn't want you fucking his roommates anymore, or kissing them, or rubbing up against them, I don't know what you guys do, but <laughs> make out. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, she's he, already yeah, lying to him yeah. by making out behind his back. So, you know, that's that's you're going to get caught eventually. So maybe that guy you're making out with, maybe you need to, like, disappear for a couple weeks. Yeah, it sounds that's to me. That's what I'm currently doing. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm, yeah, that's what's happening right now. And then now, stay, actually. like, five days longer away than you were planning. Yeah, it's, yeah it sounds to me like you actually like Miko. You wish he liked you back in the way you want him to. And so you're kind of making out with Chris and Paul to have some fun and feel alive and maybe triangulate a little jealousy, which has worked. And now Miko <laughs> wants you to stop. It sounds to me, honestly, not like what you need to figure out is how to keep doing coke with three random weirdos. <laughs> it sounds like you need to figure out how to have a conversation with Miko about how you feel. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Well, we have to go. We do have to go okay. now. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Cecil, okay. we love you. Bye, Cecil. Goodbye. Cecil. 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 Bye, honey. Farewell. <laughs> I'm glad we talked through that because I thought that was fake in the middle of the call. Because I was like, what is she talking about? It had a lot of like buzzing <laughs> vibration of like insecurity and performance. And then when you got into it, it's like, oh, this is a real human experience. Right. Yeah. Right. Cicela. You gave great advice. Well, thanks. You too. You too. I love that question. What is your best case scenario here? I thought that was good. Yeah, it's good Play to think it about that. That's what they say sometimes. Play the tape. Yeah. Play the tape all the way out. How does this possibly Because sometimes end? half the things you're doing, you probably want to be doing. Right. In the moment, you want to do it. I mean, listen, a summer of Coke and like hooking up with three people sounds fun. Especially but- if you're like always home by yourself and right. like not wanting to go out and see people and then all of a sudden there's like a whole group of guys who want to have sex with you on a stoop i did find myself wondering about schmuel's uh interaction with this why did he come into play what's i guess he's just doing coke with them and twirling his payas and <laughs> eating mushrooms or whatever <laughs> Cicela, when you're ready 
I'm upstairs waiting for you. Teach me to drive. Let's do some secrets because that was a long call. Let's do it. Hey, Moshe and Natasha. So my secret is that uh, back when I was 19 and living with my parents, our dog had insane storm anxiety. So eventually they got him some doggy Xanax. Um, and we tried it on him a few times and it would never kick in in time for it to calm him down. Uh, and I was also dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression at the time. So every time there was a thunderstorm after we found that it didn't work, I would stow away a Xanax um, and tell them that I gave it to him. But I would just keep it in my stash and take them as needed. Uh, it really came in handy <laughs> during the 2016 election. I uh, had a lot of anxiety during the results coming in. And then I popped one and I passed that on the couch. And then I rolled into class the next morning looking super hungover. And uh, my teacher just assumed that I was very upset, which I was, but I was just kind of coming down from Xanax. Um, so, yeah, I used to steal my dog Xanax. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, I love how supportive you guys are and how you don't take any bullshit from people and tell them exactly what they need to hear. It's, it's really awesome. Um, bye. Sweet. Maybe that's what I need to do. Hmm. Doggy Xanax? Well, I've been thinking about the election coming up, and I've been thinking about like getting way off grid in my RV, like driving into the woods, mm-hmm. letting the election happen, and then driving back into civilization, just checking my phone to see who's the president. Although the idea that someone's going to be... Uh, oh, you're kind of thinking of doing that. Yeah, but now this guy's like... This guy's advice. He just passes out. Yeah, he just takes some drugs and pass out. I'm going to go to Chicago, drugs. catch up with Cicela, Chris, Nico... <laughs> And Shmuley and do a co- do coke all night and ignore the. By the way, I bet that girl said their names because she kind of wants them to hear it. I know, uh, <laughs> like the idea of like concealing a man's name <laughs> by saying Miko and being like, "Well, it is one letter different. Can you guess?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, I can guess. Unless his name's Chico and he's a tough from the west side of uh, the the Lower East Side in 1940. Yeah, we know his name. Um, is it okay? To, I, I wasn't clear how young that guy was. He was regular. When college. Oh, so he was saying he was rolling into college on dog Xanax? Yeah, Danex. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's strong or... Uh... Weak? I bet it's weak. We have a controlled substance with old cutie over here. One yeah. of the medications she takes, they have to... They can't just uh, sell it to us. We have to like go in. Wait, I just thought of something. We got dog opiates. You, you're annoying. Oh, she's on opiates? That's yeah. why she's so happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we shoot her with that opiate. No, that's-, that's not the opiate. The opiate is one of, one of the pills she takes. Oh, the codone? Yeah, the uh, hydrocodone. Whoa. Yeah, oxycodone, have, hydrocodone. We have to be careful with that. Hey, if anybody, by the way, if that last caller needs to get his hands <laughs> on some uh, hydros... <laughs> Give us a buzz. <laughs> Wait, can we give doggy Xanax to your annoying dog, Pablo, who barks all day? I wouldn't say giving a non-prescribed medication to a dog with a heart murmur is a good idea. <laughs> Should we play another secret? Sure. Hi, uh, my name is Gail, and my secret is that ever since preschool, well, there was this kid in my preschool class, and he had a buzz cut, but I just thought he was bald. And it always made my stomach hurt whenever I looked at him because, I don't know, it just really grossed me out. So now, like, I can't eat 
uh, with like a bald person in view. So like a couple days ago, I was at Pin Express and there was a bald guy who walked in and uh, I just, I couldn't finish my meal. I was done. So my secret, I'm disgusted by bald people. Okay, bye. Moshe, you're lucky you have a head of hair. I have more than a head of hair. I can't believe we haven't uh, discussed our outfits tonight yet, but <laughs> Tasha and I are wearing next to nothing. Tasha said, let's do casual look. So I decided to. I, you know, I would describe that as a deep cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, being bald is a deep cut too, but that's pretty specific. That's, I love people. They're so varied and weird. I don't have anything that makes me truly gag oh really you don't huh smells yeah you need a fresh air and good smells i don't like vomit but that's so regular i mean no one likes vomit but vomit will really make me but yeah there's nothing i can't think of anything i'll tell you you want to hear a quick story sure one of my classics once upon a time i was a sign language interpreter and I was interpreting over webcams at the time. So the person, you'll click connect, and then you'll just be a person in front of you. All of a sudden, the, the person that's trying to make a call, and it's like a you know a webcam on their face. And the person that popped up had no nose. <laughs> no nose. Like no nose. Not like had a scar, like had a hole. And I... It was almost impossible to continue working. It was so intense and so sad, but I was also like just viscerally disturbed. I was like, it was really, really difficult. You gotta really dig inside yourself sometimes. You gotta dig in. But some people don't. Some people are really. That's why smells are bad because it's like sometimes they can just like make you throw up immediately. It's like I can't dig into myself. Maybe I could to not vomit at like the smell of like a certain sewage smell mm, i don't mind a sewage smell i mean i don't like it but vomit is my worst that's my pee pee is not good <laughs> poo poo is not good but vomit will take me to that next that next level okay let's cleanse our palate with one more secret one more secret hopefully it's a sweet smelling one hi um my secret uh feels really creepy to me but maybe it's normal um, so I feel really lucky. I can have an orgasm in a minute. Um, <laughs> but it's all in my mind. I mean, I touch myself too, but I have to be thinking about something. And for years, I had very specific things I would think about that would give me an orgasm. Um, all pretty much sex in public. Uh, but recently, um, it has shifted, and I think it's because I really want to be a mom. So now, to have an orgasm, I have to think about the man that I'm with saying, damn, I want to get you pregnant. Um, <laughs> or like actually him getting me pregnant. And it feels really creepy that that's what gives me an orgasm. So anyways, love you guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Very, very open and personal. That's what the Secrets Hotline is for. These people are getting stuff off their chest. I was a little confused by the Cartman voice. <laughs> right? That I was like, could it really be that you really think, damn, I want to get you pregnant <laughs> or whatever. Cheesy poofs or whatever. I don't know how to do it. But, but then I was like, that's a pretty wholesome fantasy. Don't you think? <laughs> that did 
not sound like Gartman, but that was jarring. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just like, oh, I want to get you with Sling Blade. Cartman would be more like, I want to get you pregnant. That's right. That's what that, yeah, that's a cart. That's the cart. That's the Cartman. Um, uh, that's but, a pretty wholesome, a wholesome thing. But that's so, that she gets to the orgasmic mountaintop by thinking about her husband impregnating her. I love it. Ah. But God bless, God bless you for whatever makes gets you there. Uh, Tosh. Yeah. Do you want to do another call? Yes, please. We're gonna call Abby in Portland, Oregon. Hello. Abby. Yes. What's up? Oh my gosh, how are Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm nervous, but good. How are you? Well, let's get through that. Uh, we're good. <laughs> we're fine. We're also a little nervous to talk to you, to be honest. Oh, are you? How come? Yeah, we're just big fans, honestly. <laughs> oh my God. Abby, Abby, Abby. <laughs> Portland Abby. We always talk about Portland Abby, don't we? What do you God, do in yeah, Portland, I'm... Abby? Um, like for work or just in general? Both. In general, whatever. Um, you know, fight police brutality and, you know, smoke weed and, you know, just all the Portland things. Wait, and you say you're from Portland, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least you got your priorities in order. You said fight police brutality first and then smoke weed second. Very good. Exactly. Have you been at at the protests? I have, yeah. What are they like on the ground, Abby? Man, I'm telling you, you see the news and you see all the things, but being right there and seeing community and seeing the truth and the raw realness of it, it is fucking wild. Cool. Wild meaning beautiful, wild meaning scary. What Everything, right? All of it. All of it. Hmm. That's so cool because I started this podcast telling Moshe that I'm so sad because like, I feel like now we're all, there's no movement anymore because we're all so addicted to our phones, but maybe there is a movement and I'm just too old to be out on the front lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a kid. Like, I'm not going to go in COVID. I would sacrifice my kid. I would put her in a wheelbarrow. And I have, I don't even have a babysitter. I would put, I would put our kid in a wheelbarrow, bring her to the front lines of the, of the worst skirmishes in Portland and leave her there uh, with a responsible adult and come back at the end of the protest and be like, how's my child? All right, Abby. You have to get like, one of those cat backpacks. <laughs> that's a good idea. But wait. Actually, that's a very funny idea to put a kid in like, um, like a boy in the bubble thing, like one of those uh, hamster rollers, and just exactly. like wheel her, wheel her into a protest and then wheel it's her out. It's COVID safe. You got a question? I hate that idea. Do you? Oh, here's a good question. One question before we get into her yes. question. Do you see a lot of kids at the at the rallies? You know, I've seen a couple. I feel the same way as I feel about animals. Um, I get it. It's just not a place for that type of stuff because you never know what's going to happen. Got and it. And yeah. I think it's irresponsible. Yeah, it's, yeah. Responsible parents bring their kids to Burning Man, not to the protests exactly. in Portland. Okay, Abby, why did you call us? So I'm calling because I have been in a committed relationship for four years now. Um, We got engaged last year, and I think at the ripe age of 24, I'm coming to the light of my sexuality. Um, I'm like 99.9% sure that I'm gay. 
um, and I'm in a relationship with a man. Um, and you know, I would, I want to stay with him. I love him. I'm attracted to him, all the normal things, but, um, I, he's insecure about the issue and he is nervous about me going about figuring this out because my feelings could change, but I don't think that they're going to. Um, and he, I, you know, like I said, I want to continue being with him, but I just don't know. And he allows me to explore and be with others and figure out how I identify. And, um, I think he's more insecure about her at his end than being supportive about my feelings of figuring out my own sexuality. And so, so um, you know, I have concerns about if I'm going to ever feel my true self being with a man if I am gay or, you know, like there's just so much to it to figure out. I'm just so lost. So what are you trying to figure out with us right now? Like, is it, is it? Mostly, how- mostly just like easing his insecurities and kind of coaching him through. Why, the- why do you have to ease his insecurities? Why well, is that her I, job? I don't want him to think that I'm going to leave him because if I was, there would be clear signs. You know, like he would know. You said I you're was, 99% sure you're gay or that you're not gay? That I am gay. Okay, let me... Let, okay. Then what, then, Ho- hold on, you're 24, we're not. So can you, can you guide us through what, what is the... When you say I'm 99% sure I'm gay, but I'm with a man and I'm and I'm I'm attracted to him and happy being with him, what is the part of yourself that you're trying to figure out? What does it uh, mean that you're saying you're gay and not saying I'm bi or pansexual? What, can you just explain what that identity marker means for you? I just, every time I look at a man or try to feel any type of emotional or sexual attraction, it literally disgusts me. Like, I don't want to be said, a part of any of it. But you said you're attracted to the man that you're with. Yeah, and that might be just because I'm already in love with him and those feelings have been there. Or if I'm just clinging on to that because that's security and I well, don't. I just, let me point one thing out to you. I'm no, I'm no queer studies uh, major. But I will say that I don't think being gay means when you look at a man, you're disgusted. <laughs> I mean, that's I think true. that's different. That's different. <laughs> that's something else is going that's on. That's just being a woman. <laughs> like maybe I'm just saying being a gay. Well, maybe being she's a gay feeling woman, a little bit right now, like that. It, that's what I'm. I'm getting. I know. I, I don't. Getting stages of it, and so I think that I am going about it the way as in like, oh, I need to figure this out, so I'm going to extreme. Sure, I hear that. I'm just saying like being gay, oh, I don't know. I would love for ac- our actual gay listeners uh, and who are experts who have been uh, in their, comfortable in their sexual skin for more time to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think like being a gay woman probably means I, when I look at a woman, I am attracted, not when I look at a man, I'm not attracted. Those are Those feel different. One feels maybe more Oh, I don't know, emotional or, or given the contemporary, like Natasha said, political moment. But like, why would your why would your boyfriend not feel insecure if you're saying, I, I you're not saying I think I like women too. You're saying I think I might be. I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm gay. I recoil in disgust when I look <laughs> at men, and I'm at the beginning of my journey of figuring it out. Like I, I could see being insecure. That feels like a reasonable response. Going, oh, you're going to figure yourself out and not want to be with me anymore. Right? Am I wrong, Tosh? Absolutely. No. 
here's what's happening. She needs, this is like her like young relationship. It's probably run its course, but she's still in love with him. They're still best friends and there's never a good time to do a bad thing. And so you just kind of have to like cut him off for a while and go on your journey and not discuss it with him because that's like depressing for him. But she's not saying she wants to cut him off. She wants. She to, should. Right. Why do you want to be with him? Still, if you're in a It sounds like you're just addicted to the feeling of having that comfort. Right. I buy so, that. So here's the thing. He's very, he is a cis male, but he is very feminine. And he is not like a normal man that you meet. I check out women more than he does. Um, oh, so he's not like a big, tough, butch alpha male like me. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Gotcha. I mean... Do you see yourself with this man in five years? Yeah. What about in 10 years? Absolutely. I plan to lie in the same grave as him. So you want to have like a poly relationship with him? So that's the thing is like we have kind of dabbled in being an open relationship. And my thing is, is like he allows me to do that and I allow him to do that. Of course, there's a lot of things that go with that that's very complicated but what's kind of stumping me is that, like, with my self-identity and who I am as a person, am I ever going to feel like my true self if I am gay, if I am still with a man? Like, what are other people going to think? Am I going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm gay, but just this one? Do you, you know? want to fuck women? Fuck women? Do you want to? A hundred percent. hundred and ten percent. And do you want to be monogamous? Um, I don't, but being in an open relationship can get really messy really quickly so it's a it's a fine line aren't you currently in an open relationship didn't you say that your partner allows you to explore your sexuality yes 100 percent. so you're allowed to go hook up with women yes so you are in an open relationship relationship. but when you get into the relationship stuff, that's when it gets messy so you have you have you're allowed to hook up with people but not date other people i can do both but it's more you're basically like at that. F- you're basically at that stage of an open relationship that I always make fun of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never got a phone Where you're so like, I'm oh, a- wait, this I mean, is like not, wait. So you're like getting ready and you're going on a date with that girl. And what are you guys doing? And like, oh, wait, you're home at like 1.30? And like, oh, you, now you're putting on cologne, I guess. And uh, I don't know. It just See, feels like. I'm more like- insecure about it than he is. Well, here's what I here's what my gut is telling me, and I could be wrong because I do think to some degree this that there's a generational thing. I totally hear that. I'm just saying, like I can't I can't wrap my mind around that aspect of it. Like I get wanting to like fuck other people and having like a cool little affair, but like then all of a sudden, like as soon as one person catches like the smallest bit of feelings or crush. It's got to take a toll on your relationship for the worse. Sure. I mean, I hear that. And I can't, uh, the way I am, I don't think I could like fuck people and not like start catching feelings because I'm like, wait, why would I be spending my time with this person if I don't like think they're really cool? But what if you could? Well, I just haven't ever been able to. But what if one partner in the oh, relationship right, right. could? They, well, that's good. That's I, good. Well, they, if, they should do that. No, but both people need to feel but the they, same way. But if you're in a partnership where one person could definitely do that. <laughs> oh, sorry, Abby. What were we talking about again? Uh, no, here's what I think. 
I think like to some degree this is a generational thing. Like this identity, I've heard it before from callers. Like the identity, like I need to, I, I need to figure out what my identity is. Who am I? Am I gay? I'm pretty sure I am gay. I want. It's like it's this desire to identify yourself as as what I am and what I am not. But unfortunately, it seems like given your circumstances the answers to that question are not going to come to you as easily as somebody that was in uh, that was single and trying to figure this out does that make sense like if you were a woman who had date who had dated men mostly but was currently single and was going i feel like i might be gay and i'm going to start dating women to figure that out that's a very simple journey i mean not simple i mean it's not easy but it's a very it's clear what to do but you're saying i am think i'm gay but i have this hiccup which is that i'm in love with this man and really don't want to go anywhere well what if you stopped the process of trying to figure out whether or not your identity is gay and you just told your partner i'm I my identity is I'm I'm attracted to I'm with you I have these rules and I'm figuring out who else I'm attracted to but like maybe here's my here's my grand point maybe what's causing this person's insecurity is not that you might be attracted to women or even only attracted to women other than him maybe it's that you keep trying to process with him whether or not you're gay that's the part that's probably figuring that's probably bringing up the insecurity not your actual sexuality but you, this constant process of saying i think i'm gay because to most people if a woman says to me i'm pretty sure i'm gay what i'm hearing is i'm pretty sure i am not attracted to men and i'm going but i'm a man and then i'm going i maybe i can't trust that she really is attracted to me but sexuality is messy and it's it's not clear and it doesn't follow clear boundary lines so maybe the secret to lessening his uh, insecurity is for you to stop involving him in your journey of self-discovery and just have him be your lover, the person that you love, and you figure out whether or not you're gay on your on your own time. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're never wrong, Moshe. So I mean, I love the sound of that, <laughs> like music to my ears. He is good. You guys are lucky. You just get to call in and ask him questions i mean me too but that was good advice. i mean i, mean, I get a, I get moshe's advice and then i get your laugh natasha so everything works out great <laughs> beautiful um okay well good luck and um thanks for making me feel old <laughs> and well we're 99.9 percent sure that we're old <laughs> <laughs> there's still that one percent though there's still that oh yeah it's very po- we, and we are the one percent as they say <laughs> at the rallies in portland we are no we're the 99 percent. sorry sorry <laughs> i fucked up all right listen abby we gotta go okay bye abby thank you appreciate you guys good luck out there bye, bye. I just really do think that it's like it, it's a generational thing of like I need to figure out who I am, who what are my pronouns, what is my identity and it's like it's not even good or bad it's like it's something that feels like a different a, almost a different language to me. But then how do we teach that to our kids since that's not our generation cuz they're going to be picking up on it more than right. than the that generation. I think our job as parents is to not give our kid any baggage in mm. any direction. Not to, in, nice. not to indoctrinate our kid in any direction. Isn't Judaism baggage? Yeah, you're probably right. Can we wrap this podcast up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, this has been a great podcast. It has and been. And I'm going to now go check on my child. It's always a pleasure. You know why? Why? Because I love you. I love you too. 